Welcome to Design Thinking Games, a fantasy and user experience podcast. Each episode, your podcast hosts, Tim Broadwater and Michael Schofield, will examine the player experience of board games, pen and paper role-playing games, live action games, mobile games, and video games. You can find every episode, including this one, on your podcatcher of choice and on the web at designthinkinggames.com. I'm excited to talk about, like, kind of my favorite board game genre. And for me, that is collaborative board games. Yeah. um, As we've talked before, I... I actually specifically look for board games that have um, a very low um, or quick turnaround to start to learn the game. They don't take too long to play, so like uh, 15 minutes to an hour tops, and the games are collaborative, meaning that the players are working together um, for some type of goal, or we all, you know, we all kind of win or we all die, so to speak. Um <laughs> And uh, I'm not sure, like, do you have a preference for, like, collaborative games versus competitive games in general for that? Or Yeah, I mean, I, uh, there, there's, there's something in between, right, where there is, um, I like team-based games. I really like this idea of, like, a group of people who have to collaborate or you fail and you're most likely, the, you know, the failure is most, most it's it's certainly poignant because you are playing another group of people, but I, I guess the the other group of actual humans is not really the point. It's you know it's collaborators team versus world. The competitive aspect I think is maybe the point where the other human is introduced. But I I, I love I love it when frankly the lack of teamwork a breakdown in cohesion means. Failure, um, and so I think like kind of like the common, the common theme here is collaborate or die, and it's really that simple. If you if it breaks down, you fail. Yeah. So there's a I lo- I'm definitely a fan of um, collaboration games. Um, uh, I think one of the the things that I like about tabletop board games with this kind of dynamic of collaboration versus competition is that you're all face to face, right? You can't, you can't, you're not a computer away and you're not like (laughs) saying something bad about someone's mom and they can't do anything about it. Right. But uh, it makes me think of um, like the different mechanics of collaboration. There's definitely this, like you said, like this collaboration or you all die or something bad happens. Right. Um, but there's also collaboration um, for like achievement of like a goal or treasure monetary incentive, but there's also this collaboration to help others um, kind of things, Um, which, uh, and I like them all, to be honest. I've actually slowly moved away from competitive Mm -hmm. um, board games just because um, there's only a couple that I really like, and it's just because they're hilarious. And so the competition <laughs> kind of takes a backseat to it. The collaborative ones that I like, um, I, I think a very popular one is the Forbidden Desert or the Forbidden Island games. Are you familiar with those? 
I am, yeah. Um, in fact, we almost, uh, I almost got a copy of Forbidden Island for my kid recently when we ventured from our pandemic lockdown uh, to the comic book store for the first time, and it was right there on the shelf. And I know you're a fan, and so I was, I was right there. I almost bought it. <laughs> um, yeah, so like the Forbidden Island one is probably the, I think is the first one. It I think it's the first desert. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but essentially the island is sinking every round, and you are a collection of people that have different skill sets that are trying to help each other. Like, someone can swim, another person is a pilot, another person's a medic who can help people, and there's only certain things that you can do together. It's very similar to um, uh, Pandemic, if you've ever played Pandemic before. I think we'll talk about Pandemic soon yeah yeah so very much like pandemic uh, except instead of like the world that you're flying around and you're trying to get samples of diseases and cure them and stop outbreaks you're all trying to collaborate to get together to get off the island in one piece um so like uh, like in pandemic and we can just talk about it i mean it's it's essentially to where your, your characters don't die per se um and i think it's the same thing like when the island sinks, it sinks. I think they imply die. Yeah, with like so. Yeah, when, when the outbreaks grow large enough, right? Yeah. So the conceit of pan- pandemic is that you are all an assortment of mostly medical experts, but there are different kinds of experts in there, um, uh, especially like logistical ones or military experts. Um, but you are among the best of the best. There, there are a variety of roles that one to four of you can pick. And there is a massive global pandemic <laughs> um, that is spreading, and it goes from city to city. You know, there are a number of cities linked to Chicago, and if the pandemic gets to a certain density in Chicago, it spreads to the other cities. Mm-hmm. But I think there's this. I think implicitly, if you lose, you failed, right? You know. Um, And it's just one of those things where, you know, what is the end result of a pandemic you failed to stop? And that's 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 kind of how I read it. I look at it at it bleakly. It's like, oh, no, this is a this is a pre apocalypse game, you know? Yeah, I I believe that Forbidden Desert and Forbidden Island is like you all escape or uh, the, the island sinks. You know, it's so it's timer based. And then as the tide rises, you know more island sinks but i mean it's i love this genre of game um so there's also another one that's called castle panic um that is the game to where you all are defending a tower in the middle of this this uh, you're kind of at war i guess and so uh you all have different abilities if you're like a fighter versus a someone who's a range elf or a spellcaster or Mm -hmm. whatever um, but you have different things that are going to help with um, the oncoming orc goblin hordes that are <laughs> like every round there's more, there's more, and there's more, and they keep um, appearing. And you can set up barricades and you can um, do certain things, but it, it is very much like if the tower is completely destroyed and breached, you're toast. Uh, yeah, everyone loses, you know. So I think those games have this great kind of you know kind of lasso right which is like hey let's all play we all can either win together or we can all lose yeah um but it so it kind of emboldens everyone to like want to 
uh, to beat the circumstance, right? Or to instead of each other, like trying to fight each other, they're they're trying to survive this kind of uh, very difficult situation. Yeah, it's interesting because you know, certainly in pandemic and you know castle panic, I I, I guess it's probably true in the Forbidden games as well. That I mean, there there is a I, I wouldn't call it hostile, but there is a challenging aspect to you know this sort of teamwork in which you know one role is better for a specific job than the others and i think the conflict comes in not just from you know players plural against the world but also probably internally um who gets to who gets to move forward? Who gets to take this action? Whose strategy is the best strategy? Yeah, there's a, a lot of... Some people don't like the uh, collaborative games, I, I think, because there is a lot of, like, we have to table talk and work together. And I maybe want to do this action, which I think is super cool, and you know, or it's something that I think is going to be effective, but... The other person on my team who's also collaborating with me to avoid like drowning or a pandemic <laughs> or like whatever, right? May have a suggestion, which is, hey, no, why don't you wait this turn and do this next turn? And that will help us better. And and that's a lot of that table kind of like I, I hate the word everyone hates the word team building, right? But I mean, but it's a, sure. it's very much that uh, working with other people dynamically. And not having so much an ego about it, but just kind of keeping eye on the prize of like, well, what is it we're we're trying to do? And there is no me in this per se. There is a me, you know, that I'm playing, but it's the importance of us surviving is more important than my what particular actions or choices. Well, you know, I can understand why people hate that kind of stuff, right? Uh, sometimes because it requires a kind of humility, right? Or you get humbled when the rest of the party outvotes you, right? Um, yeah. So th there is a problem there. I mean, like, you know, collaborative games in which the humans themselves, the players themselves, aren't prone to collaboration or interested in collaboration, or one is definitely used to leading until, you know, someone else has a better character or plan than they do. But that's the kind of stuff that I love. Like, I, I think I think that this kind of like, you know, collaborate or die style of game really, really requires you to face that strategic problem. It's a people problem game. You know, I mean, the challenge is hard. The game is hard. The math and the, you know, the dice rolls, if there are any, are, you know, the mechanics make the game the game. But you really have to, I don't know, participate and people manage and be a team for it to work. And that's why I like, you know, you mentioned that there's another kind where it's like, hey, you all work together to like the better you work together, the better the prize. And yeah. I, I th those games don't catch me. I like win or lose, collaborate or die because. I mean, it really forces the issue. If you are a bad team, you will lose. And I, I like that the game forces you to confront that. I, yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I think of exactly what you're describing is to me 
like Pokemon Go raids. Like, essentially, he's like, well, we're not technically losing, but, like, if we're not successful, we don't get a chance at capturing, you know, the the rare Pokemon, you know? Right. Or, um, and the same thing with kind of, um, uh, which we, you know that I'm kind of cracked out on Monster Hunter. Like, yes. I love it. Like, you go into this timed match, which is, like, 15 minutes long. Your goal is to, like, capture or kill a monster, to harvest its part, to make more weapons and armor to fight even more monsters. Um, but technically speaking, if you lose the match, and, um, which in Monster Hunter, like, if anyone gets KO'd, like, knocked out or fainted um, three times, it's over. Um, and so there's not really a big, you maybe lose a little money, uh, but there's no, like, you could totally be an asshole and just do yeah. what you want to do if you wanted to. Um, um, unlike um, a game that I just started playing last year, and I don't know if you've seen, but it's kind of popular, um, Phasmophobia. Have you heard of that? Oh my gosh, I have. Um, it's actually been suggested as... Like funny that you mentioned team building uh, earlier as a like it's a leadership exercise. Um, I was like, hey, let's go play. Is that, I can't I can't say I always want to say like Phantasmagoria or or something, which I think is a, yeah. like a horror magazine. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's Fangoria. I Fangoria. Think. <laughs> wow, there you go. That's what I'm thinking. Um, but I love this idea of ghost hunters. I I mean, this is a genre. Oh my god, I love it. Um, I've been dying to play it. I'm an ex-bot with not a very good PC, so I have... I've just been reluctant to fire up these uh, these PC games because I'm just assuming that they're going to suck for me. Anyway, oh, yeah. I, I want to hear about your experience here because it looks amazing. I know I would love it. We're talking about the game Phasmophobia, which is the fear of ghosts. Gotcha. Um, it came out on PC last year and, and they did like a super early beta release. Right. And then you could kind of play it. And then the actual game proper came out, I think February um, or March of this year. Um, but unlike Pokemon go or like monster hunter, you don't get a big payoff. You're into in it for the research. I mean, you get a little bit of cash, I mean, uh, from completing, like, collaborative matches. But essentially, like, there is no incentive to, like, work together apart from you're wanting to see if you can uncover the ghost. Oh, hang tight real quick. Um, let, let me, because I I know enough that you are, um, some yeah, you're a researcher. You're kind of, you're kind of a ghost hunter, which maybe that's not right. But that was my intent. That's my impression. Are, are, you just said the word, like match is there is there an end do you do you win uh, yeah, or do so you just essentially persist? like you log in and you are in your garage and it's what you've turned into your garage into like your this is our ghost hunting you know kind of garage or taps this is where we taps is my garage yeah <laughs> yeah you know what i mean so it's basically where you we have, should reference the the atlantic paranormal society taps from yes ghost hunters the show that it was on sci-fi i think with jason and grant and recently rebooted with just grant oh boy wow. i know you're, this you, i know you, do. <laughs> you are i'm assuming you're a fan then Oh my god, I love it. And of course, like I love Ghost Adventures with Zach Bagans and his crew because they are so... Zach Bagans is a goth bro, 
right? He wears all black. And like his early episodes, he was wearing those hot topic pants that were like really baggy with straps <laughs> in between each leg. But he's also jacked. I mean, he's like six, like six one, six two, and he's just fully muscled. And he goes, he goes around challenging the demons. Like it's like it's like if you have to enter somebody, enter me. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, that's it. Phas- phasmophobia. Take it. Yes, yeah, so phasmophobia. Um, phantasmagoria is actually a game. Um, and then phantasm is, I think, the movie that I'm thinking of. So it's wow. yeah, it's a lot of crazy convoluted stuff. But essentially, yes, you start the game, you're in your taps kind of ghost hunter makeshift garage, and you got like. 20 bucks in your pocket that's it and so you're like i can get like an audio recording device and maybe a flashlight you know and so you can team up with other ghost hunters and you go to uh these rumored places like this old farm house or like this this abandoned public school or this old mental asylum uh, and you've got reports that have come in and you get like a literally a manila folder that is like this is what we've seen. This is an account of a person. Um, and this is what we know. And so awesome. you are going in with a team and you only can bring the equipment you can afford. And so the incentive is really to kind of build a little bit of cash so you can get better equipment to keep grinding and doing the same thing. And maybe not grinding, but continue to do it. And if you lose cash or lose money, then it's just like uh, you're kind of you're kind of depending on your other ghost hunters to like, <laughs> hey, man, will you let me use your flashlight or, you know, because you're lame, you know. Oh, wow. I love it. And so essentially you go in and you have like these audio recording devices and you have smudge sticks and you have like Ouija boards and you have um, UV lights and you have like these temperature raters, uh, like these th- thermometer things in your hands and whatever. And you're trying to pin down where the ghost is activity is and then you're trying to to engage or act or piss off the ghost right to to show or move something or turn on water or whatever yeah. and then capture that like on film or and document it and then that's really what you're getting you're trying to get evidence so you're not doing it for cash you're not doing it for parts you're not doing it cuz you're all going to die um you're doing it to get evidence to kind of um to see if you could to prove the existence. Now, it is possible to get killed in the game. You can piss off a ghost so much that it literally will attack you. Um, awesome. <laughs> um, but essentially all it is in the the game means that you're kind of out of the match. Uh, or by the match, I mean like out of that particular hunt. But you can join the next one. Yeah, and I actually think one of the... I don't know if you follow Angry Pug. Angry Pug is probably one of the more popular twitch streamers um but if you actually search for i think um phasmophobia scream like he comes up he's like this guy this bearded guy who like literally just screams like a girl (laughs) when it happens and i think that's probably one of the most famous video clips that are out there so oh i found it amazing (laughs) yeah so i like you know those incentives those like monetary or item or, or incentives or like kind of in that part the research but i kind of also like just to do good as well it's sure. not as much as a like we're all gonna die right but if you've ever heard of um flashpoint or sentinels of the multiverse yeah 
those are games that are where you're essentially trying to do good. In Flashpoint, you're a team of EMTs, firefighters, and there's a building that's on fire, and you are your team is working together to rescue as many people before it burns down. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. you don't lose, but it's like, but you maybe didn't get to save everyone, you know? Well, right, which, you know, like, it, it's really interesting to think about, you know, so we have these, like, umbrella, this umbrella category of cooperative or com- collaborative, collaborative games, but... Uh, for me, a lot of it is really driven by that incentive of why you want to collaborate. And one of the things with like phasmophobia is that I want to play this because I love the genre and I want the scares. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that it like I have any interest in like working with people there, especially if they're strangers. I, I'm sure I would, but like my the draw wouldn't be the collaboration part of it. Something I like Flashpoint, which I've played, um, is really cool. But it's the same thing, you know. I, I guess I guess it's like the second tier of severity, where oh my god, you you failed to collaborate, and so people burned to death, or you know. Yeah. Um, but it's you know, like like for me, because my incentive to collaborate, like the thrill of of collaboration, is the inter-party conflict and and I don't mean conflict, you know, capital C hostility, but it's the, you know, the fact that like, Hey, we, we have to make the right bet or else. Um, and your bet, you know, and, and, and it's that aspect that real, really like really appeals to me. Um, there's a, a, I don't know if you've heard of magic maze either. Um, magic maze is probably the most frustrating collaborative game. Um, and the reason why is because you can't talk to each other. Oh, interesting. You can only do... Uh, and, and your nonverbals are limited as well. Um, but Magic Maze is like... You basically pull a heist. Someone's a dwarf, someone's an elf, someone's a... You know, an orc yeah. or, or whatever. And you're trying to get out. Um, but you can you have to work together, but you can't talk to each other. So you can point to things. And, you know, but you may notice something that someone else doesn't. And there's no way to actively tell them... But you have to kind of like uh, <laughs> infer that they do something and then they have to kind of be tuned in enough to do it. And it frustrates people. It really does. That sounds awful, to be honest. <laughs> that yeah, is no, not my I, cup of I'm tea. I'm not a fan of it. I, I, I've tried it and I probably will never play the game again. But, but if you want to, like thinking like of Ghost Hunters and thinking of Phasmophobia, you know, comic books are huge right now. Marvel and DC is nuts. And if you wanted to be a superhero... Um, and play on a superhero team and do that. That's what Sentinels of the Multiverse does. I mean, essentially, you have all these decks and you choose a deck for whatever hero you want. It could be a Batman-like hero or an alien or like an Iron Man-like hero or something, whatever. But essentially, you have an entire deck for you and all the other players at the table have a deck for their hero. Mm-hmm. Um, and the difficulty is based on how many players there are. So it's all scalable. You could have you know, I think they recommend not having more than six people, but like essentially if you have five people to sit down, they choose five heroes that have five corresponding decks and your difficulty is of to the power of five. But then also there's a deck for the the supervillain that you're fighting, and then a deck for the environment. And so you kind of keep going around in a circle, and let's say you're fighting um in the jungle, Captain and this is not a name, but um, but one of the villains is Omnitron, um, and he's a 
an artificial intelligence who can create robots and duplicate and has you know cyborg or robots that attack you. And so each round, you all can do something, and you can work together as a team or set each other up for these cool moves or help or heal each other. But then the environment could spawn like a rock slide or like a mud pit or like a, a T-Rex. And then the supervillain also has a move. And it's very difficult. Like, it, a lot of people don't win. It's kind of one of those games to where it's like, it's kind of like Betrayal at House on the Hill. There's like... Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, there's only like only a 10% chance of winning ever because it's the villain is that difficult. Yeah, I, I was gonna ask. Like, so with um, like the like like uh, with Sentinels, can anyone play the villain? Um, the the villain plays itself. Okay, you, you shuffle yeah. the deck, and then the environment. You just pull the top card, and it does what it does. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's an, that's interesting. So, but there is this kind of like collaborate uh, collaborative type of game, which is you know, given let's say given five players at the table, four versus one, where there is you know, a betrayer among the party. <laughs> but I, th- I think the idea is like, you know, there's, there's, there's collaboration that is like almost all versus one because you can have everyone at the party go against a, you know, a game villain, mm-hmm. the virus, um, the burning building, the sinking desert. Or you all can have a bad guy sitting at the table. Um, a traitor. A the traitor, yeah. Um, oh, a werewolf or vampire? <laughs> a vampire. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, like this is you know, like I I like these games too, right? Um, and I bust out every Halloween is uh, there's this game called like Last Night on Earth where you're mm-hmm. a bunch of uh, like high school jocks and maybe a cheerleader. I mean, of course, you could be the nerd or you can be the teacher or the town sheriff who was at the high school for some reason. Um, <laughs> um, and there is a zombie outbreak and a player plays the zombie um usually what happens at least like on halloween we throw like a little party or whatever and have like the you know like our our adult friends come over and force their kids and our kids like upstairs so and you know um, monster squad why we play something (laughs) dude if i could get my kids to watch like monster squad amazing i might i'll just have to force it it's like this is what you are doing (laughs) um but um but what happens is like we actually have a bunch of people at the table we'll have like five or six um and um and like two people can play the zombies um and then the rest can play the um the they're not heroes they're they're really bad characters who should die in horror games you know they're the kind they're like um they're the dimwit who like you know <laughs> like runs up like a half uh like a half complete ladder and just gets like stuck up there you know shit like that they're meant some of them are meant to die but that's the idea it's like you are playing you have to cooperate because the notion is that oh my god zombie apocalypse at the high school there's a truck there's only one truck Mm -hmm. in the parking lot and for whatever reason the keys are in the library and it's out of gas and the extra gas is in the storage shed and hey um like some other important part is like over here, like the wrench, um, you know, and, you know, for whatever reason, these things are spread apart and you all have to collaborate and work together to get each piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and without coming together, uh, you die. And there are ton- tons of zombies. Like it, the deck is really stacked against you. Yeah, that's that's uh, there's those games to, what are basically 
um, collaborate because it's in your best interest. But if you need to cut and run or like save yourself, uh, you can do that, you know. Um, and that's very much what happens with betrayal at House on the Hill, I think. What? I mean, I, we, we've just like fanboyed about like all these different games for um, some minutes now. What does a well-designed collaboration game look like? I mean, are there is there like a common theme? Uh, I mean, I guess other than the theme of collaborate or die, like a common like mechanic that reinforces this sort of like team building. Like all a lot of these have timers, right? So um, whether or not it's like a literal timer in pandemic, there's not there's not a timer per se, except that you know you draw the wrong card, wrong card. Um, and the severity of the pandemic increases until it reaches reaches like just absolute deadly levels. Mm-hmm. Effectively, you know, you reach this level, you're done, you're toast. Um, I think the forbidden games that literally have a timer, and so like there, there's one thing where just like the pressure, the external pressure of time forces the issue. Like for yeah. instance, oh my gosh, you you have to make a decision, or you're all gonna take a step back. Yeah, I think communicating that not only the time is counting down, but in pandemic or in dead of winter or other words that it's getting worse, right? Like it's the Island is sinking, you know, and it's the sinking becomes worse each round. So it's more prompting you to be efficient with your time, work together and make the best choices you can. The other mechanic that I, uh, that I like is that everyone has value and that everyone is important and has a role and can do multiple things that everyone can do. But then there's also the, your unique identifiers or abilities that are. Yeah, I think that's important where, you know, like this person can, each person can do, you know, maybe just randomly four of the same actions, but only this person can do that. And so to pull off the strategy, again, you I'm thinking of pandemic, kind of work you have yeah. to get that person there or, you know, if last mm-hmm. night on earth, you know, only the sheriff can really aim the pistol. Well, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just one of these things that, um, and they all have, the other thing is like, I don't know, I actually don't think it's true for pandemic, but many of, many of these games, you also carry a flaw of some sort, right? So you have like, you all have like some sort of like common skill set. Mm-hmm. You have your unique power up and you also have a flaw. And what that I think creates is, um, Strength and dependency, you know, dependency. So, so not dependency in a negative way, but yes, and it's like, Hey, this is how I can best help the group. It, it's a mechanic for like humility. It's like, it, it's right there in an, in like a number or a stat block that, Oh my gosh, you know, betrayed house on the hill. Like some people, there's four stats in that game. And some people have a great, like physical strength, body stat to where they can attack and defend. That is not the person that you want to withstand psychic penetration yes. you know because their mind power is not that great you know um and then exact to your point uh, some of that is sometimes balanced with like everyone can do these four actions um however whereas everyone can do it and it takes two turns or three turns or two tokens or whatever this person can do it free each round um so that's kind right. of and i think that the successful games that have collaboration in them are ones that that make that pretty well known. I, I know a common thing for a lot of the tabletop board games is like you will have your own car and it literally just highlights, you know, what it is, the abilities that you can do. And that mechanic is through a lot 
not just board games, but then I think uh, uh, video games, you know. But oh, then yeah. also when you think about it, it's also with role-playing games, right? You know, there's a reason why people go like a ranger build because it's like range damage, right? It's mm-hmm. your archer, you know. It is not the tank or the meat shield that is literally in the battle. You could take the hits, right? Um, and there's also kind of the medic or the healer or the cleric or, or whatever who can actually help repair. So let's all kind of get the role that we want to play and then let's figure out how to do this together. The challenge being, can we survive or defeat the big bad or save as many people, you know? And, and I can't think of an example that where this actually happens, but just to, you know, name the elephant, the, you know, say the obvious thing here. Um, it's important that these roles are finite. For instance, you all can't be the medic, right? Um, because you would probably lose. And Dungeons and Dragons, of course, you know, you could have an all cleric party, which is great. Um, but in most of these games, like something like, um, like in Pandemic, it all wouldn't work if you all were the helicopter pilot. You guys are you guys are fucked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Here's you know? a challenge to you. If you've never played like Dungeons and Dragons or a role-playing game to where you've done that before, I've done it before where we were all wizards or we were um, all clerics or, you know, and it, it changes things. You, you can't tank per se. You have to summon something to tank so you can get some spells off, you know. I mean, it's possible to do it, uh, and I like games that have that amount of bend, right? If you, if you, well, can, it increases the difficulty level, exactly. like in a way. Yeah. And instead of having like, uh, we have all of our kind of core needs: range damage, crowd control, um, healing, buffing, but then also melee damage and tanking, kind of like all like handled. We have to change it up to where it can work another way, but it's just going to be um, different. Tim, I have a collaborative plea for our listeners to help bolster this team. To be real, it would be awesome if we could get folks to leave reviews on their podcatcher place of choice, like specifically like iTunes um, or like Google Play stores and like heart star favorite um, this episode and all of the other episodes. Um, what literally every other podcast says that, hey, this really helps us like reach new people. Yo, it totally does. It plays into the algorithm. Thank you for listening to the Design Thinking Games podcast. To connect with your hosts, Michael or Tim, please go to designthinkinggames.com where you can request topics, ask questions, or see what else is going on. Until next time, game on.